Okay, this is Hindsight 2020, this one post-NFL Week 4, and we've done it again. Me and Mike riding high, our third straight winning week at 3-2, and two. fourth straight overall winning week. We were 4-1 and one in Week 1. Now, th- that's pretty incredible. That's an 80% clip. But the three and twos, that's 60% three weeks in a row. And that, to me, is really impressive. Because if you can bet at 60% with your success rate, you can do this professionally. Now, the funny thing is, in these handicapping super contests... If you go three and two all year, maybe you'd cash, but you really have to have some home run weeks. So me and Mike are doing good. We're getting on base. Winning weeks, I will not complain about, but the weeks do need to be better. We need to have more big weeks, more four and ones, need to mix in a five and oh here or there, and I certainly know where we can improve We'll talk about that in a minute. First, let's go over the picks. Start with our chain of custody. You know, this is a category I came back, uh, came up with back in the preseason where we would take one particular game and then we would continue week to week focusing on the team we bet or faded the week before. Well, we've done a little bit of both with New England. We've had some success betting on them. We've had some success betting against them, but this week, Patriots plus nine and a half, it was the best I had felt about one of these picks. We went with it as our chain of custody, and here's the deal, and look, a lot of this is the eyeball test, and I am certainly an amateur better, so my eyeball test isn't anything compared to those who do this professionally. But here's what I saw watching that game. You had a team in Green Bay where their coach, LaFleur, he was fine. He was just calling his plays because that's all he likes to do. And you had Aaron Rodgers, who's a little bit indifferent, but I'll go out there and I'll sling the ball around. And it seemed like Green Bay walked into that game saying, Bobby Hoyer, the backup quarterback, we've got this. And when he went out and New England had to turn to their third string rookie quarterback, Green Bay just thought the game was done. There wasn't a lot of effort. It was just this little matter of fact going through the motions where if you watched New England, I'm not saying they were the most effective team on the field, but every run They fought hard for yards. The play calls to get these tight ends and receivers open, all sorts of deception, perfect route running, making the throws easy, defense, special teams, everything New England did. It looked like an average team that was prepared to play their best and executed everything. Every single play as if it had the utmost importance. And I'm telling you, if Hoyer plays that game instead of a rookie quarterback, Green Bay takes an L at home. 
that was just a case of a way better coach versus a coach over his head in anything resembling a chess match. Nailed that pick. It was one of my favorite of the weekend. Me and Mike get a winner in chain of custody with Pats plus nine and a half. All right, ultimate decisions. Look, going into the season, there was all sorts of talk about the Raiders. Derek Carr, a top 10 quarterback. Weapons everywhere. Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Josh McDaniels, and his offensive acumen. All of these things just didn't stop being true because the Raiders were 0-3. And not every loss is the same. Tough matchup against the Chargers where they're in it until a two-point conversion at the end. They had the loss to Arizona, but are you watching Arizona? Other than Kansas City and LA who has their numbers, the Cardinals are better than an average team. I'm not saying that excuses the Raiders' week to a loss where they blew a big lead, but Cardinals, tough opponent. Chargers, tough opponent. On the road against the Titans, tough opponent. And they lost all the games by a combined 13 points. People see that 0-3 record and they just write off any optimism, but that's not how gambling works. You have to buy low. That's what we did with the Raiders. And the Broncos, I'm sorry, just because they won on Sunday Night Football didn't erase the massive array of fundamental issues that this team has to work through. I loved the Raiders in this game. They cruised to an easy victory. Two and a half point favorite, win the game by nine, ultimate decision, Raiders pans out. Now, I hate that I keep making money off Mike's bad ultimate decisions, but the Indianapolis Colts are just a lousy football team right now. There's a lot of talent on that team, and Frank Reich is a good coach, and we've seen Indy before start the season off slow, and come November, December, they're a real contender, but this team looks bad. As much as they produce offensively on the field, it never results in any points. And Tennessee just had a really good game plan. Simple throws for Ryan Tannehill, get the ball into Derrick Henry's hand, and play aggressively on the defensive side of the ball. You know, it's funny, when Matt Ryan was the quarterback in Atlanta, they were the best team in the NFL between the 20s. Racking up stats and winning you your fantasy league. Well, here they are again, running up stats every single week, yet they have hardly anything to show for it in the win column. Laying three and a half here, it was a miss for us. Colts might be a stock to look into later, but right now they are really struggling to find any kind of identity. All right, that left us with two games, and this is where me and Mike are extremely lucky to be doing as well as we are doing. Now, every week on Tuesday, I don't like to look at the lines until I've dug into the games a little bit without the numbers. It just helps me kind of get my mindset and not think so numerically driven. 
But on Tuesday, I will literally open up the app with the contest lines on my phone, cover up the left side where all the teams are listed, and just start taking plus three and a halves, minus two and a halves, plus eights, any number that if it moves by half a point drastically affects the value. Now, Mike liked Baltimore this week. I like Baltimore too, but I only at three and a half. I didn't want anything to do with it at three. Mike's enthusiasm for Baltimore got us on it when because I picked this game early in the week, we got three and a half. So we got the best of the number and had closing line value as this game closed at three. Little bit lucky in this game, as dominant as Baltimore looked. Baltimore is blowing leads like very unraven-like. This is a team that if they got a big lead on you in the past, they would continuously steamroll you. Now their defense can't stop anyone. And come the end of this game, the strategic move and one a coach like Harbaugh I thought for sure would have pulled would have been to let Buffalo score with about 30 seconds left at least give Lamar the ball back with a chance. Instead, they stop him. Let Bolt, let Buffalo run the clock and kick a last-second field goal. Harbaugh, if you were playing for our cover, great move, because the plus three and a half never looked so good. Lastly, we had the Browns. And this is where me and Mike have to work on our communication. So Mike comes over yesterday and says... This is about 12.30. I'm so glad I bet cash and had New Orleans in my contest. I love New Orleans. Which was funny to me because when we talked on Friday, I mentioned that New Orleans would be a great ugly Betty contender. But Mike wanted nothing to do with it. No, Alvin Kamara's out. No, Michael Thomas is out. Landry's banged up. No Seamus. What's that, Andy Dalton? Not interested. And look, that's fine. I'm always okay on passing a game. But how did New Orleans end up not only in his improving 401k plan, but also in his individual contest, and I never heard of it? This would have been a great pick to put in our contest. Instead, we go with Cleveland, a game that both of us liked enough to bet But the reason it was a bad pick is because Mike asked the dreaded question, what game are you most comfortable with? We're not choosing chamomile tea here to sit by the fire. There's no such thing as comfortable, and frankly, if a game makes you comfortable, it should just eliminate it from the list. We were between Cleveland and Arizona. I thought Arizona was an ugly Betty. Now, to be fair... I also thought Washington was a great play. I just It felt right to me. Mike was all over Dallas. We couldn't get on the same page about that. He was right. I was wrong. I loved Pittsburgh. He couldn't get on the same page with them over the Jets. Once again, he was right. I was wrong. So, Mike kept us from putting in a loser Pittsburgh, and he tried to put in a winner Dallas, But the way we came about Cleveland, we can't keep being so poor at picking games on Sunday and then go with a method of what makes you the most comfortable in order to choose our final game. 
And we've got to be aware when we have games that we really like, especially when they hit the categories, that we don't pass on them and then they're useless to us because the game's over by the time we're sitting and doing the picks. There's room to improve, but at 13-7, and I feel great going forward. I know we can make the adjustments to get better, and we will, and you can bet on it.